Before we get to this episode of ScareZone, I want to take a quick moment and tell you about the new ScareZone merchandise that's available right now. Just go over to ScareZone.com. Great new shirts, tank tops if you're, I think I say later on, if you're the pro wrestler type, if you go sleeveless. Uh, a couple different options, a couple different designs. Great designs by Rob Yeo. We just launched it. Hope you like the new logo too on the podcast. And if you order your shirts now, they'll be available and you'll get them before Halloween Horror Nights this year. And we want to see you all out in the parks Rep and Scare Zone. And I know you're going to enjoy this episode. So here it is Episode 10 of Scare Zone with James Keaton. Welcome to episode 10 of ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast, and this is the one you guys have been waiting for. Episode 10, so we had to go back to Halloween Horror Nights 10, and uh, Chris, come on now. People are people are surprised this happened. We're just as surprised that this happened. Well, you can only ask, can't you? That's all I can say. Yeah, and we did, over and over and over. I think we just drove them crazy enough to where eventually they said, fine. No, <laughs> no. So on today's show is obviously you've seen it in the title. It's probably why you're listening uh, right now is James Keaton, Jack, the man himself, and not just Jack. And we get into so much in this interview and it was a blast talking to him. Oh, it, it was just the absolute best. Um, you know, we've had some great guests and, you know, we've got some great guests lined up, but this, this interview was, was special. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, and this was his first podcast interview. I think, this, according to him, this is the first podcast that he has done, and we couldn't be more honored to have him on. So why bury the lead? Why waste your time? Now we are going to cover, obviously, all the huge announcements that happened from Halloween Horror Nights and happened over the last couple of weeks since we've released an episode, and we're going to get to that in the next episode because this is the one you guys have been waiting for. And now, Chris, should we should we just go ahead and go to it? Uh, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. All right, here's our interview with the man himself, Mr. James Keaton. People have been asking for this interview. This has been probably our most anticipated, the most asked for interview, and the one that took us some time. And it is our 10th episode, so we said we got to celebrate our 10th episode with someone that, that, that the year 10, we've been teasing it out there, and everyone got it already, uh, is important to, and that is our guest today. Mr. James Keaton, the clown incarnate himself. <laughs> uh, hey, James, thank you so much. Obviously, I'm sure we'll do a much more epic intro that will come before this, where we are, are fanboying out at the end after we, re- after we record this. But, you know, obviously a lot of people and a lot of our audience may just know your name as Jack, but let's go way back and let's talk about your involvement from the beginning. Let's just even just get back a little bit before you were involved with Universal. What was your career path and how did you get introduced to the company and then Halloween Horror Nights? Oh, well, I'm from El Paso, Texas, and uh, did theater and was studying theater out there. And then, um, you know, Florida became the Hollywood East. So I was like, I need to go there. So we came on a summer vacation and saw all the to-dos going on in like 89, I guess, like two big theme parks opening and studios opening everywhere. So uh, so we, I made the journey out here with some friends that I was working with. And uh, I started at the, another another place, <laughs> and uh, cross, actually there was uh, the, there was just the a random audition for characters for street characters, and I was like, well, what have I got to lose? Let's go for it. So um, I auditioned and started in animated here back in '92, January '92. And how did you get 
into Halloween Horror Nights. What was your first well, year? It was the same year. So 92 so would be the second year of Horror Nights. Second I didn't go year. to Fright Nights. So uh, I was just starting my journey and was doing all kinds of fun stuff and just to see the all the different jobs because there was the celebrities, there was all these shows. I was like, oh, this is really great. You get paid to act and perform in front of all these people. So uh, little by little, I would audition for stuff. And uh, Halloween came around and there was a show for Bill and Ted. And uh, my friends were going to audition for Bill and Ted. And uh, the side was Doc Brown. And uh, I used to do a really bad Doc Brown when we used to drive around on the Pargos. I would, I would uh, Im- imitate the ride back then, Back to the Future, the ride. So when we would drive, I would count it down, 55, 65, 75. <laughs> so I would just basically do like a Doc Brown, we're going to do a great Scott, we're going to do this. And, and so, um, so they're like, hey, can you read the side with me? So I went in the audition just to read the side as Doc Brown. Not thinking I was going to get it because at the time I was 22 years old. And right. uh it turns out they didn't get cast, but I got cast in Bill and Ted as Doc Brown. <laughs> and that's what that started is. my first uh, Horror Nights experience. So Bill and Ted, as it seems to be for a lot of our stories, Bill and Ted seems to be the gateway to a lot of amazing people that enter uh, Halloween Horror Nights, whether that was, like I said, like Jason Sorrell or any of these guys we've talked to. It just seems to be sort of that, that breeding ground in some ways for creativity. It's awesome. Yeah, because I think that show just has a lot of freedom. And also it's, there's a lot of unique characters that you probably wouldn't get in a normal theme park show so if you kind of have this skill or that skill it, it just opens the door f- for you to come in and play so yeah so I, I, dark brown was the first thing and the interesting thing i was telling these guys the interesting thing about that is i learned how to drive stick shift on the delorean backstage that was pretty cool <laughs> you have to teach me one day <laughs> but yeah that was the, that was the, yeah you have to drive this from here to here and i was like i don't know how to drive stick so well we'll teach you so i was driving around in the delorean <laughs> that was pretty awesome did you also play uh, Beetlejuice back in the early days? Uh, Beetlejuice, the Beetlejuice, the show had opened. I was in the 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 more uh, forgotten show, Bullwinkle show. <laughs> I oh, was I in the Bullwinkle that. show because Monster <laughs> Monster or Beetlejuice Graveyard Review opened uh, along with the Be- the Bullwinkle show at that time. So I was like Bullwinkle, and then they had a face Dudley Do Right so as a pre-show. So I was involved in that show while the other show opened, um, became super popular, and then I started cross training in that in probably about '94. And then I went in there full time about 96 because I was over it. I was with Barney and I did a whole bunch of other random little shows here and there. And I finally landed full time in 96 and did it all the way up to whenever the new version came out, which is like 13, maybe 2013. Beetlejuice obviously has had that big role. I know Chris specifically wanted to talk about that. Chris, do you have any, any, any specific questions you want to talk about Beetlejuice before we head back to Bill and Ted, which is my, you know, my world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. The the um, because he was like the unofficial icon for a, a number of years, and then he had his own different shows and everything. But it was it was it mostly the um, uh, the actual main Beetlejuice show that you was in. Yeah, yeah. I never did any of the Halloween shows. I know they did like uh, Prices Fright and a couple of those things. And those and the the full time guys at the time were doing that. I was always in Bill and Ted. The first ten years of Horror Nights, I was involved with Bill and Ted. Yes, and that that kind of brings us to where I wanted to start this conversation because in a weird way, this starts tying in to what would come up later on. So we've had on uh, Jason Sorrell and Jason Perry. They all talk about Bill and Ted. They've Even the early years of Bill and Ted, especially Jason uh, Sorrell. Uh, what was that experience like? They even kind of pitch it as, as that it was just this crazy world where uh, anything happened. Are there any specific stories uh, that, that, come, that, that come to mind when you're thinking of uh, Bill and Ted? Again, you're talking about the 90s. <laughs> and, uh, and the best part about Bill and Ted at the time, I think, back then was the how the structure was really loose and for Bill and Ted, we didn't have a lot of dialogue. So they would just keep our mics hot. So pretty much it was us just doing commentary of what Bill and Ted would say, or this guy, you know, that guy. And also the characters weren't um, necessarily um, 
I guess, spoofs or parodies. They're, you know, this is before YouTube. <laughs> so the characters would come out and they'd really be, there'd really be threats. And so it kind of would be the whole show really did have a sense of danger. And the, the levity was that we would comment and be just like Bill and Ted, just like the movie in Bill and Ted, you know, how everything is super serious, but they just don't comprehend the, you know, the gravity of the situation. So a lot of the humor came out of that. Um, as far as any, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll just tell you the story about the origin of how the whole pop culture thing kind of happened. Yeah. In, in the sense, the first two years was basically yeah. um, the Wild West show converted into a kind of fun, wacky show. Right. And it wasn't until the third year. I know you talked to Jason. Right. And he did the Time Cop thing. And it opened a whole bunch of doors. And we're like, okay, this is great. And again, it had structure. And that's why the thing is that the lack of structure is it really makes it special. So while we're rehearsing, uh, you know, the whole O.J. Simpson thing happens. And while we're rehearsing a fight scene, the director, uh, Paul, Paul uh, Vroom, was like, hey, what if we had the white Bronco just burst in and OJ comes out and he steals the booth? And we're all kind of like, well, that's, that's crazy. We can't do that in a theme park show. This is nuts. You know, this is like, this is like the, the big crime of the century and all this stuff. And he's like, no, I think this will be great. And so sure enough, he threw it in the show and we're like, I don't think this is going to work. But as soon as that Bronco drives on the set and he comes out and steals the booth. It just brought the house down. And then you just realize like this show is completely different than any show ever. And it's still that way today, you know, but that's what I thought really broke the line. Cause before that it was sort of making fun of, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and it was all pretty, you know, pretty like, Oh, okay. I get that. Here's a bit, here's a joke, but it was more that boundary of outrageousness just with the OJ. And then after that, every year was trying to figure out what's going to be the outrageousness. And so, I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's the origin of all the other stories after that is it just got crazy. We're like, wow, okay, this, this show's different. And even did that while, you know, we can kind of touch to this. So the first years of Jack, you know, 2000, 2001, you were though in the Bill and Ted show. Is that right? Yeah. So I did so, a lot of the prep stuff for Jack. So I did all the, the publicity photos and did the test makeups. And uh, I mean, I really don't know what was going on in the office, but I have a feeling they kind of, they didn't really have an icon at the time. So I figured... I think that they probably already, well, we have all the stuff we need. We have the billboards, the commercials. Um, you know, we, we're probably not going to use Jack. It's not going to be that big a deal. So I went off to Bill and Ted. I think that year I was doing, um, might have been Mr. Fury. No, Mr. Furious or Thade. I might have been the Thade, the monkey and Ted. <laughs> I would always like be Ted or Thade or one of the other ones. And, um, and so then when they found out, like, oh, actually, there's a lot of requests for Jack. <laughs> like this character is really starting to hit. And I was like, oh, well, can I go do it? And they're like, no, you're in Bill and Ted now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's my, my character. So then, um, so a lot of the interviews and stuff that came after the event had already opened. Uh, I maybe did like one or two hits, uh, depending on during the week or whatever. But once we were in show mode, uh, if it was a Bill and Ted night, Friday, Saturday, then another great actor, uh, Kenny Babel, was doing it. And uh, yeah, so he would do a lot of stuff. And then same with uh, 2001, because when they did the switch, from Eddie to Jack, by that time I was already in, you know, they had no intention of using any Jack stuff. So uh, pretty much that one, I, that year I pretty much sat out. That would be Kenny that they used. Because again, I was already in Bill and Ted world. <laughs> is, 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 is that what moved you away from the original show to work on, uh, you know, doing more of the icon stuff or, or other um, shows and things? Or, or was there other sort of uh, reasons? No, it just felt like you just wanted more time. And also I was doing some other projects, started doing some other things uh, outside the company. And so that, f I guess the year 2000, the first year at Islands, uh, was it 2002? The only thing I did was that I think I did the Triumph the Dog uh, video part, <laughs> but I took that year <laughs> off. And then I came back, I think the next year as Barbosa. And now it's a completely different animal. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You, you feel like, you feel like the old Siren Live cast member, like, okay, this is a totally different show. When was the last time you were in the show? Uh, 2003. Right. 2003 before. was it? Barbosa. Yeah. So I was like okay, animatronic cool. Barbosa. 
Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, one. yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was a fun year. I love all the and I love that you were the Planet of the Apes because that was 2001 was actually my first year. So uh, you know, sadly I missed year one, Jack. But I love Bill and Ted brought me into Halloween Horror Night, so it was exciting to see that show, and I loved your role in that. Now I did see a photo that you posted a few months back on uh, on Facebook that was you have met now both Bill and Ted. You've met Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, I met them both. <laughs> How did that happen? And then also, did you have a moment to say, "Hey, by the way." Uh, <laughs> I was Ted. I played Ted more than you have, sir. Oh, I, I, well, the Keanu Reeves thing was interesting because uh, his at the time he was doing the band. It was right before Matrix, and so his band Dogstar. <laughs> you know, he was leaving acting to do Dogstar. Oh yeah, so his band Dogstar was coming to Orlando, and I was like, oh my god, Dogstar is coming. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and so uh, so we went to like the mic check, and then uh, there was just a lot of fans and, and groupies, and they were yelling and screaming at him. So he just totally avoided the line that was outside the club. So he got on his bus and so me and my friend Kevin um, decided to uh, follow the bus. <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna, let's follow the bus. I was like, we can't follow the bus. No, no, we're going to get his auto. We're going to meet him. We're going to meet him. So we go, we drive over. The bus pulls into like a hotel. Kind of, I want to say it was like up like um, maybe an Altamont or something. So um, he gets, so we get out of the, we run out of our car. And so people start getting off the bus and it's kind of like loading right in front of the hotel. And uh, he comes off the bus and we have, I have a, uh, an eight by 10 of, of Ted. And then uh, we're like, Hey, can we get a picture? Can we get an autograph? Can we get a picture? Can we get an autograph? And he's like, Ugh. and he just kind of like motions like, come on. <laughs> so we come over <laughs> very tall. The one thing I was like, wow, he's really tall. And then um, he started signing the, the picture and he goes, Hey, do you mind if we get a, a photo with you? And he was like, no, he kind of just shook his head and no, we're like, no, we're like, oh, okay. And then we're like, well, we can't wait to see you. <laughs> My friend Kevin was like really good. He was really smart. He goes, well, we can't wait to see your band tonight. And then I had, somebody had sent me pictures of him in Vegas and had already like sent me pictures of like him doing the tour. And I, so Kevin just breaks out with like, we saw you in Vegas when you first started the tour. You guys are really awesome at the joint and blah, blah, blah. And then he, then he kind of gave us a look like, oh, up. these guys are fans. They love my music. <laughs> and so then after that, he's like, oh, cool. And then uh, he goes, so he goes, yeah, you can take a picture. So then we each got our photo. But I never mentioned about the Bill and Ted show. Never mentioned. Just like, thanks. He just seemed a little um, like kind of in a rush. <laughs> so I didn't, I just wanted to get the autograph. And the relationship with you and Keanu based on a lie. It's very nice. Based on a lie. So I was just kind of, okay, no problem. So we based it on a lie. And, but he was, he was cool. Once we, once we, we, we uh, complimented on his musical <laughs> skills. He was very nice to us, very nice. Before that, he was a little like, oh, okay. And yeah. uh, then there was come up with other people harassing him. So he didn't really get a chance to really talk because by the time we were getting autographs, a couple other people recognized that he was there. Sure. And they started coming up. Uh, Alex Winter was completely different. I uh, met him at a convention. And uh, and the the one thing with him is I have a check. Some, I always get, like, especially when I was doing Bill and Ted, a lot of people would send me Bill and Ted items and things like I have one of the jackets, the smiley face jacket from uh, the movie bogus uh, bogus journey. Oh, wow. So I have, I have like one of the Jack, I think it was used by one of the uh, stunt guys though, because there's like yeah. holes burned oh, in it. There's like okay. pyro burns in it and stuff, <laughs> but it's one of the original jackets. And then, uh, but somebody sent me a check from, it was Keanu Reeves to Alex winter for like $3,000. And it just said, thanks for the sweet uh, ride, uh, like sweet little ride or something. And then someone said, so it's like, it's an actual check from Keanu Reeves to Alex Winter. So the thing is, I took the check with him and I met Alex Winter. I go, hey, I have this, somebody gave me this check a long time ago. And he looked at it and he's like, oh my God. He goes, this is, he goes, I know this check. This is whenever Keanu um, bought my sister, bought my motorcycle to give to his sister. And then, so he told me the whole story and he was just like tripping out. Like, why would you have this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm really embarrassed now, but uh, <laughs> he was just like, why do you have this? My, I'm sorry, my friend Kevin, though, he did, he did bring it up to Alex Winter because uh, Alex Winter was doing some stuff for the Jimmy Kimmel show. 
And he happened to be there and he, and he bumps into Alex Winter and he just goes, hey, I do. and then he mentioned the Bill and Ted show. And Alex Winter has said he knows of the show, but he's yet to ever see it. That was a few years ago. He needs to get himself over there. And yeah. See it already, so, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, how hard is it? As I say, of all the years that you were on Bill and Ted, what was your favorite character to play? Oh, Mr. Furious was my favorite. I know the movie was a complete turkey, <laughs> but I love Mr. Furious. That was like my favorite, favorite, favorite character. I loved it. That was my, oh. yeah. That was my favorite. And hey, I'm one of those people. I love that movie. So I love I'm Mystery Men, and so I'm yeah. one of the. Few, I'm, I'm one of those. I do like that about because because I, I follow you. Obviously, we, we've talked before on social media that uh, you're as much of a geek as as all of us. <laughs> Maybe not about Halloween Horror Nights as much as we are. I'm sure you are, but about uh, about everything. I see you going around to cons and all this stuff, and it's awesome to hear that someone who is an actor, professional actor, and this still can geek out with the rest of us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mr. Furious would probably be my favorite, and then I enjoyed Thade and anything with the makeups. So Ted, Ted was fun, but but um. I don't know. I bet, I bet if um, I did Ted with a, a partner for like a few years in a row, and then sort of like once the partner starts switching off and on, there's just something yeah. there that just kind of doesn't have the same vibe. So I'm, I'm sure like uh, Jason probably would have felt you just feel like there's a connection with your partner. Because mine was uh, an actor named Chris Lepps, who's now like a, a director out in LA and stuff. But uh, but once me and him kind of broke up because of other, you know, he went and did something else. And actually, he was more of a stunt guy. So he started picking up more stunt roles because there was a lot more stunts in the show in those first 10 years. And so once you kind of lose the partner, it's like, ah, okay, I'm ready to go do other things. So I always enjoyed the, uh, the villains or this and that. Like I did Krug, the, the Klingon, and those kind of roles were a lot more interesting. You, you said that um, in the early days, they used to let you um, get away with a bit more, you used to do a bit, bit more ad-libbing, and it was a bit more like the Wild West. Um, do, you, do, you, uh, do you miss that at all? Do you, do you wish that there was a bit more of that? Or, you know, how do you roll? It's hard to say nowadays because what because one the ca- the cast is a lot bigger than we ever had. <laughs> so the one yeah. thing about having a lot of actors on mic and everyone improving is it becomes a, a bit of a mess. <laughs> so it was fine when it was like two or three of us, but uh, but but I guess we were kind of the the groundbreakers of that final show. You know how now there's the famous final show of Bill and Ted, yeah. and the biggest okay. final show we ever did was in 2000, where the the show lasted like almost an hour, <laughs> but every character came out wow. and did a bit and you realize like, Oh, this would have been pandemonium. And, uh, and actually a couple of years after that, there was sort of more of a, a lockdown on not so much improv and stuff. Cause we did get a little bit out of hand, but now it's controlled chaos because <laughs> now a lot of that fun is back. And that final show is back now. Now they let them, let them play. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think most of the roles I, I enjoy and the roles that I kind of do around here are roles that have a lot of that freedom like Beetlejuice so yes, you're, you're, you like to have that skeleton, but you like the freedom to get off the skeleton and you just got to know when to get back on, you know, get back into the groove. Cause sometimes some actors, you can just get, you know, nuts. <laughs> so I, all the roles I do are kind of a sense. There's like a little improv here. Or there's, the, you know, I have a lot of freedom, a lot of freedom. And that just tends to be the roles I gravitate to. The only thing I could, I could really say is those early days of Horror Nights was, it was just, um, again, it was a lot looser format. I'm just talking about the streets and just stuff that Universal was just trying because this was a whole new thing. This was it wasn't Halloween Horror Nights yet. It was still kind of, you know, forming. But there'd be I mean, every year would be something really different. Like we used to have the the Munsters would walk around <laughs> the park as tour, as tourists and they would show up at the Bill and Ted show and we'd throw them in the finale. We'd, like, we'd pull them out of the seat and have them come dance with us. And it'd be great. We're like all oh, the Munsters are in the house and they would watch the show and they, they would and they would come in through the front gate. Herman and Lily and all of them and Eddie and grandpa and Marilyn. And they would come in through the front gate, like a, like a guest. And then when they were asked for autographs or picture, they would respond like, wow, Lily, they really must think we're Hollywood actors. And the whole time they went around the entire night 
as the monsters and I, and the actors that used to do it were, they would never take breaks cause it was just so much fun for them, but they would ride the rides. They were, they were exactly that. They were tourists that were enjoying Halloween horror nights for a family vacation. And it was kind of like, wow, that is so unique. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is something that when you think about it now, you're like, well, how many people are going to see them? Uh, you know, how yeah, relevant are the monsters now? But at the yeah. time they were just trying anything because it really hadn't found its, its form yet. So that was really cool. Like you'd walk down the street, you'd ride, you'd ride Jaws and there's the Munster family and they'd respond as the Munsters, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah they would go watch the shows. And so that was really well, Mike, cool. if you're listening one year or one day, just give us a Munster day. Where the, where <laughs> a Munster day. There. Yeah. That, that, so, is a, that just sounds like a blast. I mean, I know it doesn't necessarily fit in the way how creepy the theming is right now, but come on now. Let's, uh, let's, let's bring back the Munsters for one day. <laughs> Or, or there's, there's three of us. We get a, a girl and a, a, another lady and, and a kid. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. could go around as the monsters. We already look like the monsters. If you've never <laughs> seen us, so it's fine. Like, I mean, I can pull off a convincing Herman without a costume, so I'm fine. Uh, so that that, I mean, that that was like a unique thing that was done back in the day. So it was a lot of that trying stuff, you know, and yeah, and um, awesome. and even Bill and Ted, we did a couple of weird publicity stuff where we had a we had a runway show. It was like a a designer show, and it was like Bill and Ted talking about the latest fashions, and it was like all the different uh, monsters and creatures coming down with their, you know, the dresses and the, and we would do like, you know, like make comments about their, what they're wearing this year and what's in this season. It was all like a horror night. So it was a lot of weird, just bizarre, like, let's just give it a try kind of, kind of promotion. As far as Bill and Ted, I know back then we only did like three shows, like two, three shows a night. Like we only did a couple of shows. And as the show, and I, as those 10 years kept growing and growing, you'd be like, we're doing how many shows a night? And, you know, so you can definitely tell the following was starting to build and just how unique the show is. And, uh, yeah, it, yeah. And it, and it was so great. It was great, and as you guys well know, and it's still great today. Yeah, and as, as people talk about, you know, they talk about Jack coming back and all these icons returning. I, I, I was talking about Chris last week or a couple weeks when we had on Jason was just the fact that, you know, since you started this with Ted, or you were not Ted, but since you started this in the show, uh, Bill and Ted have been around every year, and that's pretty outstanding, a, a brand that has essentially been dormant for, you know, 25 plus years, you know, to uh, to really come back and have this year after year is so unique to the event to where, you know, there's always one thing, you know, is going to happen. And I love that. It's something that you can, you know, it's always your break during the night of not being scared and having a blast, but we've covered that now and we've covered Bill and Ted and we've covered Beetlejuice and, and all of your other characters we're not allowed to talk about. And, <laughs> and I think it, we've made it to the point you where, don't know about you know, Mr. Peekaboo. I mean, come on. I, I was my great work. I did some great work hey, as Mr. Peekaboo. Hey, hey, tell, tell me about Mr. Peekaboo. I know nothing. <laughs> I did some amazing work. You ever, brought out people's inner child with Mr. Peekaboo. Come on now. Oh, that, that was great stuff. <laughs> Feel free. Hey, elaborate. Give, give, us, give us a minute on Mr. Peekaboo. Come on. Oh, we're all right, Mr. Peekaboo. Mr. All right. still, well, he's still around. Look at that. I can't <laughs> believe it, Mr. Peekaboo. Well, we have made it to that point where I feel like we, we have to now address you know, the clown in the room. We have to address Jack. Not address Jack. We're not talking to you as Jack. But address the character and the origins, what happened. So you know, we're talking about you know, 2000. You're in the Bill and Ted show. All these things are happening. You've been involved in the event for that point, eight or nine years. How were you first approached with this idea of the first icon with Jack? Well, of course, it came from Michael Roddy and Kim Grummel. Right. They uh, created the character, and then the makeup went through Jim Udenberg and his makeup team. And uh, again, because of all the Bill and Ted roles I'd done, like I'd done Doc and the Klingon. And then, like I said, I've done Mr. Peekaboo, and then I did Beetlejuice. And then there was just some, uh, I did Groucho and Chico. And 
I had started doing a lot of different characters and changing voices and I love to put on the makeup. So that's why, again, I was always, like I said, Ted was fun, but then I was like, I want to play that. Whatever has, whatever has lots of foam on my face right. or whatever I can disguise I can have. I, I love like, you know, even Mr. Peekaboo, you get that mustache and you get the glasses and it's just, I just like to be transformed. I know other actors are much more comfortable being hosts and being themselves. I much rather be covered in something and, and, let my imagination go. That's just my personal preference. So I was known as sort of the guy who was willing to like <laughs> play and all this stuff. And uh, so yeah, so then they were like, well, let's get, let's get James to do it. And uh, I came in and uh, it was a little makeup trailer and that's where Jack was first put on <laughs> and, and kind of <laughs> wow. paraded, paraded around and we went to uh, PR and, and they took a look at it and did adjustments. And then I want to say, Another week later, we took those photos, the, a lot of those photos of uh, the red curtain, uh, the red curtain one and the one jumping sure. out of the box and all yeah. those. Jack, those are the first pictures of Jack. Did you understand at all like what that was? And was there an audition process or did they just know uh, James is perfect? I lucked out. There was no audition process. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to be the guy like, hey, let's try that makeup on, on him. And so they had have, they have, And also what would help because I was doing Beetlejuice and uh, they already had my head cast. And because of all the other roles from from. Uh, Bill and Ted, they already had my head cast and stuff. So they were able right. to go ahead and make a prosthetic. And like, so there's, well, we have that, we have James's head right here. We'll make a prosthetic and <laughs> sculpt it around his face. So I was very fortunate to be the lucky guy. I always equate myself to uh, Jeremy Bullock because Jeremy Bullock played Boba Fett, sure. Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> he, he always says, as a convention, he was just the lucky guy that was like, hey, can you put on this suit? <laughs> you know, and he became Boba Fett. <laughs> I, I, I always say I'm the Jeremy Bullock. I was the lucky guy. They're like, hey, can you put on this clown makeup? Sure, let's give it a try. And then now I'm able to kind of, have something that most theme park actors never get is some kind of an in, uh, endearing a character that's like lasting for a long time and will always be out there now. And so it's kind of kind of cool, very rare for a theme park actor to have something that's going to have that much longevity. Because most theme park acting and performers, it's very, it's just about the now and very. Di- I wouldn't say dispos- disposable sounds bad, but <laughs> it's about the experience that you just had, right, and then you the just move along and you have the photo and you kind of have the memories, and now you have the video and stuff and the phone. But um, but a lot of that, those interactions and stuff are very fleeting. It just kind of happened, and that was the moment. And you know, I know there's so many great actors that I got to work with that still work here. But a lot of people have retired or moved on, and they they were just so good. But I don't know if anybody ever will ever know how great they were because they don't have it documented. I'm glad now there are phones and and a lot more you know recording devices. But back in the '90s, there was so many there's so many great actors that Murder She Wrote. Um, just a lot of great stuff. And so for a theme park actor, it's, it's, you're very, you feel very fortunate to have something that's going to have a little longevity that'll kind of be around after you've moved on. <laughs> so I'm very lucky. Very, very, very lucky. Well, we, we, our nickname for you is the, the modern day Lon Chaney. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> that would, that's cool. Um, that's all right. <laughs> of course it's the makeup artist, it's the makeup team though. I, I mean, I can't tell you how much the makeup team around here are just fantastic. Amazing. I just think it's great that the character like that was born in the trailer. I mean, how perfect is that? He was. He was born in the trailer. And uh, I'd have to and to move me in and out, I'd have to cross Hollywood Boulevard. And it'd be pretty bizarre. Like, nobody knew who I was. So it'd be a lot of guests walking by. And they're just like, why is this evil clown with blood all over his clown suit just randomly walking walking through? I had to go, go, go to the... Go to the offices. Um, over the years, obviously, we've seen the character develop and change. And, and, you know, that's been one of the you know highlights, seeing him, you know, the different costumes and the approach and the voice and the things. How much of that have you been allowed to, to, to shape into the character? Well, the, the voice I've kind of been able to do because it's my own quirkiness kind of thing. So they usually write stuff 
towards that or I interpret it the way I want to interpret it. The look is, is all uh, the creative people here. They, they've found, they write the storyline. So I am just the, you know, the, the instrument moving along. I don't really, uh, they take suggestions, you know, if I'm like, well, this is kind of, what about, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? They gladly take suggestions, but they have, a, they have, you know, they set the story and the tone and what they want to do with the character. And, and actually it's fun because as an actor, you're like, well, I'm thinking this way. And then when they throw you a curveball, you have to try and go their way at the same time, process it and make it make sense to you. And it kind of actually adds layers to a character that otherwise is just a crazy killer clown. So actually through the years I've developed like, oh, okay, this is, this was part of the story and this is a little bit part of him. And, and it has changed even the way I do the character since 2000. Yeah. Are you giving that like in a script or are you, do you have meetings with you saying, here's where we want Jack to go? How does that process go each time Jack uh, returns? Well, um, they give me the script. And then as, as we rehearse, if I throw out a one-liner or throw out something here and there, like, oh, that works. That's, you can do that or we can do that. So it's all very collaborative. But most of the wow. time, they, most of the time they have the, the idea, you know, because it's, it's their event and the story is the event, not really Jack's. So you're kind of like, all right, how am I going to fit into this event and how is he different? Well, but, uh, but yeah, they take lots of suggestions like the show. And, and then a lot of times I ad lib when it comes to publicity or, or, uh, or interviews and you're kind of thrown or, you know, they ask a question that, you know, not really to the script. And so I have to kind of process it and be Jack and, and play it the way I want to play it or feel how Jack would play it. But there's a couple of things that have happened in publicity where you're just trying to cover something or sometimes, uh, you react to an audience member or, you know, just somebody, somebody changes it and they're totally fine. They, they have total trust. Uh, you know, they know that I'm not going to go out there and do anything to to disparage the image and the, the event or whatever, you know, cause I take great right, pride. I take, I take pride more than anybody. I, I would have pride in Jack. So don't worry about him. He's, <laughs> I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to make sure he's not going to look foolish or anything. That's right. And, and you know, you've been out in the parks now. It's not just this character. Like you said, the first years we were kind of just doing publicity shots and doing occasional things here and there. Uh, you have now been in the parks in multiple years. Can you kind of walk us through, uh, you're kind of thinking when the fact that you're wearing, you know, a, crazy thick costume you're in crazy prosthetics and you're in the heat and humidity even in october if people haven't been to the event yet and are just listening to this first time it can be brutal and i'm wearing a shorts and t-shirt uh can you walk us through that process for you becoming jack and what that feels like it starts off really once the makeup starts getting put on like you just start kind of changing because um a lot of jack is is based on the makeup as far as my my little process you sit in the chair you see the uh, contacts go in <laughs> your eyes immediately change um, then the glue and then you get the brow and you start manipulating. I always like, I'm a big mover. So a lot of the makeup artists are, uh, they have to be patient because <laughs> I like to like manipulate it and start moving it and get the stretch and move and move around. So anytime I get into makeup, but, um, I guess, well, I guess the process is that he, I was talking about this earlier, um, with these guys was that with me, Jack is like an animal. And so a lot of the things, and it, most of it's based off of the makeup. So the makeup, you, you, you get the face, you get the brow. So already you start looking like, an, like your, your brow is down. So you're kind of like a vicious animal. <laughs> <laughs> then the wig gets put on and there's like a weight to the wig. Not anymore, but there used to be a weight to the wig. And so it kind of like kind of push your head down a little bit. So I always think of him as a raptor back in the day when he was in the clown suit. Because he kind of had this large head and it was heavy. So you kind of pushed your neck out forward like a raptor and then you had these little claws. And so you would keep pull the, the arms in so that you had these little claws. So you pretty much a T-Rex or a raptor was what Jack is kind of based on. I always think of him as a, as that kind of creature. So when you get the makeup on, when the nails go on, then my hands become like Jack's hands and it's all very um, deliberate. 
and and cautious <laughs> because those are like his weapons, his <laughs> blades. But um, but yeah, I mean, all I can think of is I just start you just start kind of making the the face as far as the process. I don't really do any vocalization or anything, but you just kind of start getting the face, and the, and then my breathing might start changing because I like, you know, again the heavy breathing is one. It's part of the the animal, like he's sniffing all the time. It's not just due to the heat. And not, not, no, not due to the heat. <laughs> it's just the breathing and then, and then the teeth. Well, and once you get the teeth in, then you're full jack because it changes the way you speak, the way you enunciate, the way you move and manipulate your mouth. So uh, it's like a process. So as, as the layers start building, you slowly start getting little, little pieces of jack. And then by the time you're fully made up, that's it. You know, once you get the costume on and it changes the way you walk or the way you stand, and then it kind of all comes together. That's pretty amazing. I'll have to send you uh, one of the guys that's on our show uh, who's not with us today because he is actually in the Middle East uh, doing like a troop visit. He's a professional wrestler. Uh, his son was Jack for Halloween. Oh, so I'll yeah. I'll have to send you. I think I've seen that. the I think it's in the picture. Yes, I, think I mean, I, clearly Scott, you're, right? you're inspiring everyone, including the, the 11-year-olds of, of, of the Central Florida area. Well, our choreographer, our choreographer for uh, her last year for the Carnage Returns, uh, her son loved Jack too. So I would like <laughs> that's do little, vocal, little vocal messages and stuff to him. That's great. Yeah, she was really cool. But I guess so. I, as far as the process, I think that's pretty much it. You just kind of start putting on layers, and then once you're in full, full garb, there's no way back. back. Yeah, and you're done. So, so, so once you're in character, what, what has been your 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 sort of highlight? What is the, like some of the smallest stuff that some of the you know the the, the moments that we perhaps haven't seen? What, what's been the best for you as Jack? As, I lo- I love the show. The show was great. I mean, the, the the most fun was the first time I ran around, which I've I've discussed at the designers forum was i mean that's like the highlight is running around uh downtown orlando without anybody knowing who i was had no conception of what i was what i was there for so i'm in that full makeup and they just gave me full reign to run around downtown and harass people and um (laughs) and and to see their reactions and the fact that i wasn't really tied to an event so there i had free reign (laughs) i was able to kind of say and do things they were just testing me and uh, I know I've told the I I told the story. We got to City Hall. We that's where the the Swan Boat photos from, sure. and, and yeah. that park bench photo was just. We just ran ran around all downtown, delivered little boxes to the media outlets, and some were welcoming, and others were like, "What is this? Get out of here!" <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that going over well now if they didn't know who Jack was. Nope, you're not, <laughs> well, now you're they not would alone. know, but yeah, yeah, and we did it like in. I want to say we did it like in July. So they weren't even <laughs> they thinking, weren't thinking Halloween. Well you're, well, you're thinking back then there was there was no buildup to Horror Nights then. It was just like, right. oh, yeah, you know, it's going to happen in October. Probably There probably weren't any September dates. If I, I, don't know, I could be totally wrong. But, you know, it was like July and we're doing little, you know, the billboards hadn't gone up yet. And so nobody, there was only one person that knew what I was from like the local news affiliate. I went in there, I go, I have this. And uh, while everybody else turned me away, she was like, what are you, Horror Nights? And I was like, shh. And then, and then uh, she's like, all right, give it to me. Get out of here. She, she was like not phased at all by me. But everybody else seemed the one to have, fan. A, have a reaction. So that was like the That's most awesome. fun. Like I remember every little bit of that, like running this guy and, and the police pulling, stopping me and just all kinds of like craziness, you know. Um, yeah, because I, I, again, it was sort of out of my element. And I've done some other things. Where we've, gone, we've gone to Atlanta and we've done a few other publicity stuff, but that was probably uh, the craziest. Or I was in the backseat of, of a car and getting food and the driveway, the, the, the drive through people like noticed me and they started yelling and screaming and wanted to take pictures. I'm like, ah, I can't. I'm, we got to go. <laughs> Jack can't have a cheeseburger. Jack has to go. But I mean, I, 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 that would be the most um, memorable is the first, first time I got to run around. And in, in, in it's pretty much like my first legitimate 
commitment to the character even because before that I had just done it for the photos and for here and then we did like a, a, the commercial but I had to sustain a character the longest and really figure it out so that's because that's why the most it's the most memorable because it was sort of like how am I going to talk how is he really going to walk you know because I was doing it yeah, for about first time. five six hours you know we'd kind of go into a van move somewhere else come back out so for me it was a great rehearsal <laughs> but I got to rehearse in front of a bunch of people <laughs> out in downtown Orlando Sure. And other than that, it's it's the park memories. I mean, I just love I just love Carnage. I love Carnage Returns. I just think those shows are just fantastic and so much fun in the cast. And I have great memories of 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 those shows as far as Jack. I have some friends who are NFL mascots. Weirdly enough, they tell me it's crazy because they they meet like big stars. I met the president and all these things, but they're wearing a giant animal head. So all their pictures are you know the president with a giant animal head. Uh, is being Jack that way for you? Have you had any experience like that where you're like, man, at this moment, I, I either wish I wasn't Jack or this is going to be the coolest picture ever. Jack meets something or any cool moments you've had in the park. Just as an actor meeting, being, I, I prefer to be made up into something because it makes it less awkward. That would be my, if you, as far as the answer to that, like I prefer to be Beetlejuice or whatever because it, it just makes it, because I already know who I am. <laughs> I know what I can yeah. talk about and they're more, and they're not interested in meeting me per se right They're, so i have to i have the same commitment to them as they have to any other guest that comes to the park so if they're coming to see so there's no let's break the the, the barrier down and go hey you know what i loved you in this movie i loved you in that movie you know there's none of that so actually it makes it totally easier for me because as a person i would be just as awkward as when i met keanu and alex winter and, and this is just uh, kind of a, you mentioned the billboards and this is kind of a question that i haven't had a chance to ask you when you drive around town you know, the years that Jack is the icon, you see the billboards, you go to the grocery store, you see yourself. How does that make you feel? And, you know, to, to see yourself as Jack, obviously it's Jack the character, but to see yourself all over town, maybe the people who are shopping, you know, at your local grocery store, they clearly probably don't know it's you. Uh, is there any bit of that? What does that make you feel like? And how does it make you feel that there are fans that do know it's you, you know, and that 15 <laughs> years later are coming up to you and maybe they know it's James. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's great. Again, like the whole thing we just talked about being a theme park actor, you just never expect something like that. And, and again, we're not talking like, you know, like Jack is like Darth Vader, <laughs> you know, I'm just right. saying like, it's not, it's, it has his own family. Some, lo- some people do. He is my no, I, I love it. So I, again, it's like, I'm, I'm not speaking in like that. This is the be all, but, but in, in local circles and in, in, in Horror Night circles, it's great. It's so fun and it's, it makes you proud because you're like, wow, that's really, that's really me. At the same time, you have a disconnect, or at least I have a disconnect because there is a lot of makeup. And I can see it in my eyes. I know it's me. But it's not – I guess I equate it to and it's – I'm nowhere near <laughs> – you know, this is not as grand as Harrison Ford. But I'm just saying right. like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill, when they see Luke Skywalker or Han Solo in a movie poster or action figures and this and that, it's kind of like – it looks like them. So I imagine they're like, that's my picture. <laughs> right. I have it a little bit easier or, or it doesn't affect me like that because for me, the makeup really is, oh, that's Jack. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm really hidden in that, in that makeup. And so I can see by the eyes and my mouth and, and stuff. But for me, I have a disconnect because I'm like, oh yeah, that's Jack. And then, oh yeah, that is my, that is me. But you know, secondly, that is me. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but I, I think I have it. I have the, the luxury of being kind of disconnected because I think the makeup covers you up so much. You know, it's not exactly your face. So, so that feels okay. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, and it's strange, you know, it's like, Oh, wow, okay. And then even now I'll see, um, t-shirts and stuff wherever I go. And that, cause they just released that, they had that one with the big Jack face last year. 
And so we'll just be at, we'll be at a movie or stop, somewhere. You, and you'll stop people and be like, hey, you know, that's me. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> never do. Never, 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 never. Because actually, the, the one thing I do have, I don't know what that says about me, is my phone case is the, is the phone case that they had last year with all the, the horror icons. Oh, and so my big, mine. My big mugs on there. Your kindred so spirit. I, for me, that was like the biggest deal. Like T-shirts. I'm like, whatever. T-shirts, this, that. But to be on a phone case to me was like the biggest deal last year. So I was like, oh, my God, I got my own phone case. <laughs> that's crazy. And again, it's well, all in this perspective of a theme park performer you know what i mean like you just never expect to get this much kind of notoriety or you know so that so i do have that phone so every once in a while we go out somewhere uh, like a movie or something <laughs> or a waiter or something and they'll see the phone like oh horror nights and they'll start talking about it and they'll they'll talk about like again last year was more um more frequent was jack the clown and so i but i never say anything <laughs> every once in a while a friend will try to throw me under the bus and be like what's well, him and i'm like nah it's not it's not me i don't know i just don't really talk about it <laughs> I don't know what it is. You feel a little weird. I said I got the red case. Did you get the red one or the black one? No, no, I got the the, the black and white one that says Horror Alumni. So it has my mug on the oh, top. Oh, the alumni one. The alumni uh, one. So it has my face on there. So when they see that, they oh Horror Nights, you know. And that's the that's the only thing I kind of I kind of have that I cherish. <laughs> I'm like oh my. I saw your shelf of Jack that's at your house. I saw you post that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I finally got a little shelf unit, and I was like, oh cool. I have like the statue from last year, and then I have one of the original Jack in the Boxes from 2000. So that means a little bit. And then I got one of the totems uh, before they they sold them last year, but they gave me a totem that year because <laughs> it was supposed to be the end of Jack. So they're like, ah, oh, it's the end of Jack. Well, here you can have a totem. Thanks. <laughs> and then hey, Jack's back. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I have a little like a little couple little things in there but yeah but uh yeah there is as far as the, the answer to your question is seeing me around it just feels like a disconnect because uh, lucky for me the makeup kind of creates a barrier so it really does kind of create a, a line between me and then between jack the clown but i try yeah most people don't really know who i am I, only one time i was recognized i guess my voice I, not that i think i make a jack voice naturally but i was talking to somebody at a bar and then somebody tapped me on the shoulder and asked if who i was and then Turned out that their girlfriend was a fan, and she was like over there, like, "Oh my god, can I get a picture?" And I was like, mm, "Okay." <laughs> and the people I was like, "What are, they, what are their problems?" The rock star moment. And I was with people who weren't really, you know, keen on what I do, and they were, and they were just kind of like, "What was that about?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a horror night thing." It's you know, I had to explain to them what it was. You're like, there's like a bunch of there's even a podcast that people are like way <laughs> into this thing. Uh. But yeah, but I don't really get recognized. I really, I really don't. Like again, because that makeup is does all the For does sure. all the work, you know. We're all waiting right now for the commercial to be released because this is this time of year. So what was your favorite commercial to shoot and any sort of stories from that? Well, 2000 was real fleeting. Actually, one of the people I'm working here right now, uh, one of the uh, people working here right now, I met him. He was a production assist. His name's Jason. <laughs> he was a production assist on my first commercial in 2010. We were in Amity. So it's so funny. And he was scared of Jack. So the whole night I was terrorizing him. But now he's sitting, he's sitting here in the studio. <laughs> we go that far back. We go that far back in 2000. Um, but and he was a yeah he was a production assist and um so that but that was really fun i mean that was quick because i just had to open a curtain <laughs> so and again it was all like those it was like that the birthing stage where jack really wasn't jack yet oh it's so hard to say because they're so great but i really enjoyed sweet 16 because what happened was because like i said we said like i said earlier in two, <laughs> talking to people in the studios like what they're confirming the facts confirming yeah, the 16. facts um we can confirm i have the shirt but I had said like in 2000, 2001, again, I was in Bill and Ted. I did some Jack stuff for 2000. And again, 2001, I was at Curveball year and uh, Kenny took over. Right. And, uh, and then the character kind of went away. They would use him in the park, but, you know, not in any kind of, you know, icon capacity or, or you know, he was kind of like a scare zone or something. And I had moved on for a couple other things outside the company. And then uh, in 2000, 
six, I got a call and they're like, hey, is this James Keaton? And uh, because I wasn't actually with uh, Universal at the time. I think I'd gone off to go do something else. Uh, for a brief time, and then he, uh, they, uh, you do Jack the Clown? Go, yeah, and then they're like, "Well, we're we're getting ready for Horror Nights, and we, we're doing a commercial, and we'd like to use you." And I was like, "Oh, all right, Jack the Clown, okay." So he, that's when he came back, and ever since then, it's been pretty consistent as far as the character and me. Um, and we shot we shot that commercial, but the best thing about that one was that the previous icons were all together. So we had the director, the caretaker, and storyteller. And uh, we all went, we all filmed together. And so for me, I was excited because I was a fan of Horror Nights. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to meet the other three icons. And the, they're the, the original actor. The original, yeah, the right. original storyteller. The, they're, they're, they're all the people that you see on the t-shirts and in the publicity. They were the original guys. And, and what happened was, um, you know, there was a whole different advertising agency kind of going on about that. So these characters were kind of created between Universal and the marketing people at that time. So these were their babies. And here I come from stinky old 2000 <laughs> and they're like who's this character because right? even the director was a bit like huh you know like what's this character because you know all those characters have a similar look and then all of a sudden here comes right. a big bright orange wig and, and a big red nose and green and and so for him i know that commercial was a little like he was a little like ah this character does not fit into my vision of, of when you say the director do you mean the director or the director the director director <laughs> <laughs> not paolo i was like the odd man out in a way with right. that with that group they're a little like huh <laughs> you know? they're like who are the, you know the, as far as the creative people they were a little like what this character is in ours but he'd left such an impression thank goodness that jack had to be there and then um and uh so that was, but that was the coolest thing was that all four of us, and I have that one photo of all four of us together because the one actor, the caretaker guy would always take his breaks. He would book it and go into his trailer, <laughs> but the rest of us would hang out. And, I, and actually I would talk to the director guy who was like a local person from LA and he had no idea what the impact of these, these right. icons are like, he, you know, and his year, he just did 13. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, wow. I, I forget his, his real name now, but I was like, oh, wow. I go, my gosh, people loved you so much last year. They loved the director. They loved the director. And he goes, really? And I was like, oh, man, you, have, you don't know that there's like a huge fan base for this stuff. And <laughs> they love the director. And I go, man, you're all over the place. And he goes, I was? And I was like, yeah, you're like on T-shirts. You're on a shot glass. And I remember telling him, he goes, I was on a shot glass? And he was all like, why didn't I get a shot glass? And he started like, it's talking. real tall. It's a giant shot glass. Super tall guy. And then the, the, and then the storyteller was an 80-year-old woman who her big story when, when I was talking talking to her on, on our breaks or whatever. Her thing was that she lived next to Halle Berry's parents or something. So she would talk about Halle Berry living next door and she didn't like wearing contact lenses. She knew nothing about horror. So it was just a really bizarre and we were just sitting there talking and they're like, you know, it was, it was really cool for, for me as a fan. I was like, this is so awesome to have all four of the original. Again, the other characters may changed throughout the years a little bit, but these were like the original guys from the previous commercials and ads and merchandise. And all four of us were together. So there's one shot of us together because the caretaker couldn't run off to his trailer. <laughs> he had to sit down and wait for lighting. So we took a, a quick photo. And then 2007 was great because you're on a set with uh, Freddie, uh, Leatherface, and Jason. And that was awesome. Oh. And it was the same director, same director from 16. So he warmed up to me that year. <laughs> that year he's like, all right, Jack. Like, all right, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, it was great. And that was fun. And then last year was totally awesome. Just again, because we had you know, Jason and Freddie. And then I got to share it with the... With chance, you know, so it was cool. And I, I just thought that last year was just pretty cinematic. I thought, so, yeah, those are Absolutely. my great ads, but yeah. Well, I know we have to start wrapping it up. So you did mention Chance, and obviously Chance has been revealed as the icon this year. We're seeing Jack even influence this year. How do you feel about seeing Chance in all her glory this year? <laughs> well, I couldn't be prouder. I think it was so awesome. And we've had, 
uh, discussions uh, the previous year, I was totally rooting. I was like, next year, next right. year, next year. Sure enough, I was right. <laughs> and I am so happy. Um, Chance, uh, she's just so phenomenal. I can't say how many good things about her and us as a team that um, she's just so great. And so I'm just so glad that she doesn't have to like be hidden under a shadow of big old Jack <laughs> for a year. Right. So I think it's great. And I think it, I think the longevity is great because who knows where this story is going to spin out of, who knows what other connections. And it all kind of comes from, remember it all started with a clown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, making, so it's so great. Like, who knows shirt. what the next that's, spinoff, that's, who knows what these guys are doing this year. I have no clue what they're doing this year, which is great for me as a fan because now I can enjoy it. Cause last year I was, I was busy working last year. <laughs> so we're talking after this, cause remember it all started with a clown. It all started our, with a, our next uh, is our next uh, year. I, I can't really be. say that. It all started with, with universal monsters, but as far as icons go, it all started with a clown. So, uh, so I couldn't be prouder and I can't wait to see the event and, and y'all cheer on my girl. We will be there out in force. And James, thank you so much. Thank you. Any, I hope uh, I answered your questions as, as best you as did. <laughs> you did. And well, and look, this is ramble just, on too to, much to me, to me, this is part one. Any parting words for the people that have, because uh, you rarely get to talk to, and you do so on social media, talk to these people outside of character. Any words to the fans that have supported this character for the last 15, 16 years now? Uh, and and you, like you said, you still see it around town. People wearing shirts. People are excited about it. Last year, Jack being so much. Chance this year being you know, heavily influenced, obviously, from Jack. Any, any words to them? Oh, I just appreciate everyone's support and love for the character and love what we do and and uh, love for the event. And uh, just thank you guys. You know, I know some of you guys follow me. Social media, I put random stupid little things on there. But uh, I try to put a, a throwback Thursday of some kind of interesting photos from Universal's history every once in a while. But uh, but uh, just thanks for being fans and supporting the event and supporting Jack. Because God knows I wouldn't have been able to come back as many times as I have. And it all goes back again to that. Uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to have... Uh, a character with such longevity and it's all due to the fans and the, the people who love this event and, uh, and love universal. Well, I know you're a big fanboy, but we are obviously we are the big fanboys for you, James and for you universal. So thank you both for, for agreeing to do this. Um, yes. You know, it's been such a blast. Yes. Thanks to everyone at universal and James for, for coming on our, our little podcast to talk about this. We really <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks. For thank that. you so thanks much. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and uh, cool. I, I hope, I hope you guys, Enjoy this. You guys listening? I hope I, there was something interesting in there somewhere. <laughs> thank you. Guys. Uh, trust me, they will love it. And, and James, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we see you in, around town. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. Maybe you guys come down to Horror Nights. I won't be busy. I, think, I have the night I, off. I think we'll be around. I think there's a good <laughs> See you at Finnegan. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to James and obviously to our friends at Universal for helping us hook that up. Uh, it was an honor and a privilege and you can you know follow James. We'll we'll put his Twitter account and things in our post show. And you can click if you click on your screen right now. And if you're in the Apple uh, Podcast app, you should be able to go straight to his pages. And we are thrilled to call him a friend of the show. <laughs> well, I, I've got to say, I mean, we've interviewed you know people that create this event, people from both coasts. We've interviewed like Hollywood stars, right? But this has been the most nervous and the most. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like sweating coming into work. I'm like, oh no. I think we did a decent job, but mainly he provided some just some awesome content. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's some awesome stories there. There's stuff there that you won't find anywhere else. And I think, as you were saying before, this is probably what his second interview he's ever done about the character. Something like that. Very rare. Very, very rare for James to to do this. So again, we really appreciate his support of this show and support of the fans who love Halloween Horror Nights. And we're not going to drone on any longer. We just we're exhausted. 
and stressed out. We need to go take a nap. Uh, we are going to be back next week with another show, and we're going to be talking about uh, what's coming up and, and all the announcements that happened, all the scare zones, all the original houses, uh, horror story, everything. Now it's all fully revealed, and we're going to cover it. But you guys have heard about it, so it's not like you, you don't need our opinions, but we'll give them anyway. And we're going to have a special guest next week, too, and um, you'll, you'll find out who that is a little bit later on. But, Chris, a couple, couple, uh, couple little footnotes here. We do have mm-hmm. scare zone merchandise now available. We do, yes, and, and I think after that interview, we may have some other items coming for sale. I think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do a little direct message over to James and be like, "How do you feel about this?" Uh, I'll give you a cut. <laughs> you know, we, really, folks, there's not a ton of cost that goes into the show, other than we we spend a lot of time, a lot of time, uh, making sure we can get great guests and great interviews and recording this show in the edit time. But there are costs that go into it, and. What really helps is we launched a handful of t-shirts. They're available right now. If you go to scarezone.com, there's a store button, and you can see our brand new logo, a new redesign by Rob Yeo, who killed it and made it look just amazing. And uh, shirts are, are available right now, uh, tank tops for, for you, you pro wrestler types, uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff you can find. And really, it just every little bit helps us cover the cost and make sure we can keep this show on the air. And that also goes uh, on the air. When was it? Keep this show on the computer, whatever it is, whatever you're listening, on the on the uh, iPhone, uh, whatever it is, the website again, scarezone.com, and click store, and it'll take you right there. And obviously, you can find at scarezone.com, Chris, your book featuring, you know, the, the cover star, Mr. James Yeah, <laughs> he is on the front. <laughs> yeah, I actually asked him, I said, what, uh, and I did tell you this, I said, what do you want me to use as uh, your image? You know, because we put up, you know, an image, he goes, I'll use that book cover get some publicity. For you. So, so he, so that will be the image. So he was excited. He's like, yeah, you can do a little self promotion. It'll be great. So I'm like, all right, See, cool. That, that is the thing about James. This is genuine. He is such a nice guy. Yes, absolutely. And again, we, we bow to him. Thank you. And obviously Scott wasn't on the show this week. Unfortunately, I'm sure he's kicking himself, but he is right now. Uh, go follow him on Instagram and just see where he is right now, all over the world, uh, visiting the troops and, uh, look like he's having a blast. And we will reconnect with him. Hopefully, I don't even know when he gets back. Uh, he, he may have moved to to one of those areas. I don't know. Uh, he's he's it's a in bit a top secret. I he's in an so. undisclosed location. Uh, and uh, go follow him, and also check out his eBay store. Always fun stuff over there. And that is going to do it for Scare Zone this week. Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send us a message or follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/ScareZone, Twitter. SZ Podcast. Same on Instagram, SZ Podcast. Check out our new logos, our merchandise, everything we've got going on. And if you really enjoyed this show, head over to iTunes and rate and review us. That also helps us get featured heavier and make sure more people listen. And the more Halloween Horror Nights love we can share, the better. Definitely. (laughs) All right, guys. As always, keep your eyes closed and your ears open. This has been a production of Love or Brown Studios. Copyright 2016.